You're listening to OneOfUs.net. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. erstwhile on fargo that's all i have for my accent i can't do anything else other than that oh yeah you betcha yeah we can talk about that all in the fargo <laughs> you know it's crazy <laughs> to think that this show fargo has been on since 2014 so 10 years but we've only had five installments or seasons because uh if you don't know Fargo, uh, created by, obviously, the Coen brothers for the movie, but Noah Hawley uh, took on the reins as the showrunner to create it as a TV show. A lot of skeptics were out there that first season I included, or was like, how in the oh, hell yeah. can you turn the movie Fargo into a TV show? And he bitch slapped all of us because we're like, oh, that's how. Yep. And uh, I mean, it, you know, second time's the charm because they did try to do a pilot in 2003 where it continued the adventures of Marge Gunderson, but she was played by Edie Falco this time. Oh, that's right. I remembered that. Oh, that It was an okay pilot. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, the, Fargo is one of the most perfect movies ever. I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. I have a Fargo snow globe from 1996 mm-hmm. on my bookshop behind me. Now, uh, this season of Fargo, and again, they're all anthologies, they have loose tie-ins to each season uh, which i always find uh great and really fun to see some of the connections the first and second season are much more direct connections and then even like the fourth season connects to the second season in like a little bumper towards the end of the the whole series but uh this season uh season five uh takes place back again in minnesota is the same true story as always and uh we see a juno temple playing a dot or dorothy lion and uh, she's married to a very, very kind uh, Minnesota nice uh, Wayne Lyon, played by David Reisdahl. And um, the, it, the, the season actually starts off with like a fight in like a, a parent-teacher conference uh, with Dot and her kid, uh, Sienna King, playing Scotty, uh, in this huge brawl. <laughs> and now, granted, each season also is a period piece in some ways, where like the first season was 2010, and then the second 70s, and then it goes back to the 2010s, and then the fourth like in the 50s and yeah. uh this one takes place in 2019 and what crazy crazy thing happened or at least towards the tail end of that year uh well was, trump was still in office and so we're in trump's america but noah Hawley's version of trump's america which is uh equally terrifying <laughs> if not sometimes yeah. more so yeah um and so since uh, she was a part of that brawl, she's arrested by uh risha morjani uh playing this uh minnesota um, uh, in Indria, I think that's her name, uh, this, uh, local cop. And, uh, but now, she, but Juno Temple Dot is kind of terrified. It's like, oh, isn't this just a mistake? Can't we just like, you know, no big deal. Just, uh, water under the bridge kind of thing. It was just, everyone's getting in a fight, but she actually kind of assaulted a few people, like, uh, uh, shocked them with a taser. But the thing she's afraid of is that her prints are going to go in the system. Now that, spreads out into this basically the rest of the story where 
uh, Royal Roy Tillman, played by a wonderfully evil John Hamm, oh, uh, so, yeah, so who good. is the sheriff uh, of another town over. Um, you find out that uh, basically right after that is that there is a kidnapping plot uh, to basically kidnap Dot for like, wait, what's going on? And you find out that, well, maybe Dot is not exactly Dot. Maybe she was someone else in the past, and maybe she was at some point even married to Royal Roy uh, Tillman. And uh, <laughs> I, I, lo- I love that it's, it, the whole thing is like, it's a subversion of the plot of the original Fargo. Yeah. Because like every yeah. season has like these little things that feel like Coen Brothers Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Only, only season one really tied directly to the movie. That is right, yeah. Uh, with the, the money briefcase. With the money buried in the snow. You find what happened to the money. Right. But one of the fun things about this show is, you're, you, Mike, is you're right. There are these Easter eggs. Yeah. If you know the movie, if you know all the other seasons. But mm-hmm. if you don't, you don't miss anything either. Because of the anthology nature, I yep. can tell somebody to jump into this show on any season. Oh, well, you maybe, you know, I know somebody who's not really into John Hamm. I'm like, oh, that doesn't matter. Don't, then don't do that season. Go ahead and jump well, into the Chris Rock season or go ahead and do, you know, whatever their thing right. may be. I don't know what their, you know, objection would be to one or the other, but you can do that with this show. Exactly. And I forgot to introduce ourselves, so my apologies, but we have uh, Ray here. Hi! <laughs> and we have Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi. And I'm right. Uh, so, uh, we, we're introduced to a lot of, like, in th- this is one of the, the the, the greatest things about the at least the TV show and hell even all the Coen Brothers movie for how even small a character is or providing to the story like how much screen time they get there's still always stand out interesting characters we're introduced to Roy's uh, son Gator played by Joe Keery who is this just like really try hard uh, like right hand man of Roy but just doesn't do everything really well he's always just like he has a ton of shortcomings and uh, he has like little man syndrome and it's just, it doesn't go well for him. But the, again, they have this uh, idea of like the MAGA movement behind them as well of just like, you know, these crazy libertarian sort of folks. And, uh, but I think one of the most interesting characters who is one of the kidnappers is uh, uh, played by Sam uh, Spruill, Old Munch. And I, I get what, what I really love about, uh, I mean, all the Coen Brothers films, but also uh, just how Noah Hawley takes it is that, well, why not throw some crazy, either supernatural or sometimes science fiction, if you've seen the second season, uh, into the whole mix of just this normal, like, real-life story, even though things are heightened, but uh, still introducing something to, like, maybe some people are old uh, 500-year-old people. Who knows? Uh, I just love how all those all these things play out. And then, of course... Uh, just a badass uh, from hell. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee plays uh, Lorraine Lyon, who is Dot's uh, mother-in-law. Who he's this? She's the CEO of like a debt collection uh, company, and uh, and uh, you know has connections uh, very very high up uh, in the food chain of uh, government uh, down to just collecting you know bills for you know random people. Yeah, she, she's a she's a very cold person. Um... And and it just is unfeeling. Doesn't like the idea of feelings. She just wants to you know take over businesses by any means necessary. Yes. And uh, of course, uh, th- I think this season, and I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts about this. But 
out of all the other seasons, this seems to be the most straightforward. Uh, a lot of these installments have a lot of like twists and turns. Sometimes it kind of doesn't, when I say go off the rails, I mean, it goes almost to a completely new subplot. Like in the first season, when we are introduced to Oliver Platt, you're like, wait, what is happening here? But you see how it all kind of connects back together. Here is just like, it's follows dot in her odyssey basically to get away from Roy or more or less like take vengeance on him as well. Cause there is a whole underlining or actually very overt, never mind, uh, uh, text about well, abuse and, uh, and, uh, like mental and physical abuse and relationships, relationships and domestic relationships and, um, and violence just against women in general. And I thought it was a very, uh, great uh approach to this season to have that and then to really care about these characters who are all a lot of them are victims in their own rights now granted roy is obviously just the, the most evil <laughs> one of the most evil characters in all the seasons but i'd love to hear y'all's thoughts ray what did you think about fargo season five no, I, I think if we're going to take off on that tangent, I think you're right. This is such a straightforward season, as in there's basically one story, and it goes all the way through, and you get these characters who get, uh, you know, who get their story arc, their whole arc. They get closure, mm -hmm. a lot of them. You know, even some some uh, that you don't expect to get closure get a real story arc and closure. I don't want to spoil that, but there's one character that you would never expect necessarily to have a, a revelation or come full circle or something and they do and then you've got great actors doing what they do and they get to sink their teeth into all of these characters because we don't have a lot of those side plots going off in other directions mm -hmm. so the only thing that maybe i would wish is one or two more episodes just because yeah. there were a couple more things about these characters that I wanted to delve into. That That's not to say that Noah Hawley and his crew didn't do a great job giving us enough of these characters that we do get involved with them because we do get emotionally involved with them. Yeah. Uh, but it was a little bit of rush in a couple places that I kind of wish I, I got a couple more episodes to know a little more about some of the characters even because he did such a good job of making us uh, care about these people and want to know about these people and that kind yeah. of thing. So that would might be my only critique. No, it's 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 that shows signs of like a great story and storytellers that it leaves you wanting just more uh, from the 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 characters in general. It's like yeah, I that, that again when like when shows like this, uh, I, I've had a really good run of a few sh uh, shows that I've been watching like with the Curse, this and like Reacher. It's like you know, I could live in this world for a lot longer than you intended. So I'm totally fine for this being like 16 episodes. But <laughs> this also with Fargo is, and it's very apparent, is that the the budget, it, I mean, everything's shot like a movie. Like it, the the way this is done and like the, the caliber uh, of actors that are in each of these seasons is insane. Uh, was, and like Ewan McGregor plays two roles in season three. You're like, wait, oh, what he's wonderful. Fuck? Yeah, he's wonderful. Uh, but Mike, what do you think? I definitely think it's it's. I think it's the best season since the first. Because mm -hmm. like I, I, the first season was so memorable. Maybe it's also because I, I, I yeah I didn't really get the I didn't really get to finish this up. But like yeah, I was such a big fan of that sh the the movie. And I'm like, how is this show gonna work? And yeah, you're right. It, it blew all the doors off. And every subsequent season was good, but didn't really have the same wow factor as the first. I think this one was like the most thoroughly engaging since the first. It is. It just it feels the most Fargo. 
Um, not just because of like the, the 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 callbacks that every major Fargo fan will catch on to. But yeah, you root for the, the characters you're supposed to root for, and you are just you want to see terrible things happen to characters like 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 John Hamm mm-hmm. and the way he handles like very serious themes and everything like domestic violence. So much so that like I now we 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 see some like disclaimers and yeah mm. at, at the beginning about that. That's right. And like if you know anyone who's the other thing, just for the credits, world, like if you know someone who's been domestically abused, call this. Because yeah, it's a very serious issue, and the way they do it, it's like it, it's it's heartbreaking and scary, but it doesn't feel exploitive. No, it, it doesn't. And um, one of the things that I that was like kind of going through my head is that um, these shows are on FX, and uh, every season, for the most part, and I, I'm I'm going to try to be as uh, objective here. They're they're all fairly like violent. Uh, like yes. there's yes. some really heinous and violent shit, not only just like in general, but then also happening to particular characters that you kind of grow to love and, uh, and like a lot. And you're like, Oh man, they went out that way. Like in the first season, like watching uh, Glenn Howerton just get mowed down. You're like, Oh God, that's really fucked up. <laughs> and, but in this it, that elevator scene, in season one, Oh God, it's crap. fucking scary and just like crazy. But, uh, in this season, I, I think they trade a lot of that violence for mainly just the the topic of of uh, domestic abuse, and uh, which was equally, if not more so, just shocking. And uh, and the links that like you know Roy goes to to really you know show that is like oh my god, and, and, and rationalize. I mean, oh rationalize, like oh my god, the, the guy uses like the Bible to rationalize. You know how his behavior when I mean you know it, I mean the guy the guy's a Trump right these people aren't above you know using misinterpreting the Bible to justify really heinous things yeah and and yeah um and one thing I also want to point out yeah Juno Temple now great I haven't really followed his career as much I mostly know her for Killer Joe mm. where she also plays a character named Dot by the way mm. um but um you know where she plays a character who's very childlike and anytime I ever saw it in 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 a role I always saw that performance and then a couple years go by where i forget about her until this comes out where to me she was unrecognizable yeah and she disappeared in that role that she is so fucking good in this show and yeah but we got other characters in here uh lamorne morris uh who i always love from new girl uh he plays uh, a deputy because uh, you always have to have local cops uh, with uh risha morjani and uh, lamorne uh, morris uh they're kind of buddy together at points or just more of like we got to try to figure out what's going on here with this like this whole quote-unquote kidnapping thing because dot doesn't want anyone to know that it was legitimately she or her trying to be kidnapped and she's like oh it's just a thing i just kind of walked out and didn't come back for a couple of days or like huh and uh and of course uh lorraine lyon's uh lawyer played by the ever great always always great uh dave foley uh playing who has I think one of the best names in the whole uh, just series, uh, Danish Graves, and I don't know, I don't know where Noah Hawley finds some of these names from. Like, what is it, Doctor Senator from fourth season? Uh, I was just like, I love how he names all these characters. It always tickles me, and they're ridiculous. And Fargo's always like, even the movie Fargo had like interesting character names. Yeah, yeah, I always love that. But uh, I, what did you guys think? Uh, I. There was one um, character development that not only did it uh, it earn it, and I loved how this went, uh, and then ultimately what 
happened towards the last uh, episode was uh, Lorraine's character and her arc, uh, uh, played by Jennifer Jason Lee. What did you guys think of that, Ray? Oh, yeah. Again, actors, actors, actors. We have these actors that can take this and pull this off. And you meet her, and she is kind of that stereotypical uh, matriarch of the family, but, you know, businesswoman, no nonsense, no shit, doesn't, you know, you're right, doesn't like to be touched, doesn't like feelings, doesn't like, she's just so matter-of-fact and everything else. Yeah. And when we start then, though, especially to talk about that domestic abuse angle. Yeah. And she finally figures that out. You see her as a woman come, you see that part come through and go, oh my God, you know. Yeah. Here's like the, something. Her, her heart grew three sizes that exactly. day. Yeah. And you see it again without her having to say a line, without anything like that. You see it in her face. You see it. But then they, they, they don't just make that, oh my God, now she's this great, wonderful person who yeah, loves not... everybody. And yeah, right. She just takes that and she puts that into her character without yeah. destroying the entire character that she's built up for how many episodes we've already seen. Right. And it's so, you know, outright but subtle at the same time. I don't know how to put that because it's you see it, but you don't see it. The, the way that it's incorporated with her character now she it feels like uh the, the way that um she starts to go after this, she has like something really to fight for that something yeah. that she just believes in yeah. and you see it and it, it, like i think the way you're uh, saying is like in a very subtle way she's presented information about dot and her past and then you finally see it like just visually click for her and she's mm -hmm. like wait a minute and man it, like the the episodes after that i fell in love with her character even oh, more so and she is just as ruthless as the john ham character in a different way and oh yeah. if not more oh god yeah <laughs> yeah uh god uh that that last scene uh with her in it uh Oof, talking yeah. to somebody i won't spoil exactly what's happening but i was like fuck yeah it's like it's everything that you've always wanted to say to someone without like stabbing them in the eye it's like this is what fear is. I was like, God damn, that's awesome and powerful. Yep. And she never has to raise her voice to do it. No, nope. not once. <laughs> uh, she can, she can, she can intimidate you with a stare. Right. <laughs> uh, let's go into the final thoughts then. Cause I think we're pretty much all in uh, agreement that it's, it's another great season. Uh, I, I think like, uh, Mike, you would appreciate this is that uh, and maybe Ray as well that, you know, my, my favorite artist is Beck and all of his albums of I love, but there's ones that I know don't uh, love as much as others. I think they're all just great music, but they're still like, ah, I prefer this one and that one. And with this as well, it's like I would put season five, though, like right below the first two seasons and the three and four. It's like they're great still. It's just like I'm not I, I wouldn't necessarily revisit that, but. Uh, let's go into final thoughts. Uh, how about Mike? You lead the way. Yeah, no, this this show's just always been great. I always look forward to seeing more of it. The show, like again, we, we were it's so easy to be skeptical about this show because like it's a show based on one of the greatest American films ever made, mm -hmm. and yet somehow Noah Hawley knows how to tap into that atmosphere without being too like without leaning too much into it. He's still really good at, at like matching the tone of the show, the environment of it, the the, 
the the acting, the, the black humor, and the balance of violence. But as it, as it goes on, you really become invested in it. This really brought back to basics, I think. Also, like, I, I always just get that big smile on my face when you hear that classic Carter Burwell music come back in. Yeah. And they don't they don't overdo it. They use it just when it's right. Okay, I'm going on for too long, but this, this was a great season. Great, great acting, great cinematography. It feels like a long movie. And he continues to really nail what made Fargo so special as a movie. But just going beyond the characters that we all know and love for that film. Um, I'm going to give this, like, I didn't, well, there's a few points where it was kind of iffy to me, but then it really picked this up back up. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 delicious biscuits made from Bisquick. <laughs> nice. Uh, Ray, what are your final thoughts? Uh, yeah, sure. This is, I'm going to echo a lot of whatever the other two of y'all are saying. This show is wonderful. Every season is wonderful. We get here and Noah Hawley again. I don't think, I can't think of a Noah Hawley show that I really haven't liked. And he, since he has the great reputation and he, he, he's a great writer and director, between him and FX and everything, they're able to cast actors. Good yeah. actors. Great actors. And if there's anything that I love about what we do, I know some people focus more on the writing and some people love just certain directors. I love actors and I love to watch good actors do good work. And that comes across again in this season. Everybody nails it. Everybody. And of course, Juno Temple is the one up front. And she's, so she's the one carrying the show and she's playing that dual, kind of that dual character who you don't know if she's really somebody else or what she's been through and then you find out she has another life. And she's so Minnesota nice at the beginning. And then you're right, she kind of does the Jason Bourne thing. And then at the end, we have this wonderful wrap up. And like I've said before, I don't want to mm -hmm. spoil it, but there's a character that gets an arc that you don't expect to get this arc and this closure. And that whole episode again, in this weird way, has gone back to Minnesota Nice. Yeah. Because their whole family just sits there in this room and has a meal and is Minnesota Nice the entire time. And so her character goes from, you know, Minnesota Nice to finding out everything about her and then coming back to this, this closure at the end and we go back to Minnesota Nice again. But knowing that underlying that is all of this other crap that has gone on and all of this other, you're right, these little little towns in the Midwest with shit going on behind the scenes and nobody knows about. And it's just this wonderfully, like I said, almost perfect season in the sense that the only thing I wanted was a little more of mm -hmm. some of these characters. You know, not 16 episodes, maybe one or two more, but I think that the whole team on this thing knocked it out of the park again uh so i am going to give it nine out of ten small town sheriff races <laughs> oh, oh my i forgot about that which part. is not uh, even a sheriff race really i mean you know right. that, but still it's not even uh, an election <laughs> Uh, I, I love this as well. I mean, I would just be echoing everything that you both already said. And, um, yeah, the, the actors, the, the script, uh, the direction, the, the cinematography is insane. Uh, and I just, I love that. Yeah. That, um, what Noah Hawley proved is that, you know, you can take anything, the, any IP, uh, existing IP that's out there. And then if you, 
you know, really sit down and think about it and like what is the the core themes around that original IP, you can make it into something good. Like anything is possible. Like the fact that he's making aliens into a TV show, at first I, I remember everyone be like, oh, what the fuck? But then you see his name on it like, well, he did do Fargo. Uh, yeah. So I am completely fine and quite excited that he's doing that. Uh, more than the Fetty Alvarez uh, alien Romulus or whatever the hell is going to come out in the next year. Um, so... Yeah, anything with him on it, I, I'm always uh, down for. Uh, and this is, again, probably my third favorite, but it's very, 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 very close to the, the first and second season for sure. Uh, again, like having a more of a straightforward narrative about Dot and then, you know, trying to, you know, have watching this Odyssey, I thought was like, that's the right move. Like what you said earlier, Mike, is to like kind of going back to basics. So uh, I'm going to give it... Uh, nine and a half out of ten times that Nathan Flynn couldn't be more wrong about his opinions about uh, definitely Noah Hawley and Fargo. <laughs> Fuck you, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, Nathan, I love you, bro, but dude, come on. 